Great. Another episode of First Draft. Today we're actually on a hike. Oh, hey, I'm Matt Whiteside, joined with uh, yeah, I'm Sherry. Sure. Hi. How are you? How are you? How are you? We're out here uh, walking the Chattahoochee Trail over at, uh, what is it called? Island Forge? Island Ford. Island Ford. Um, yeah, it, it's not an island. It's not, you know, it's not anything tropical. It's more like a uh, peninsula located next to a river. That we learned quickly was cold. Very cold. Yeah. But it's like 90 degrees outside. But uh, I don't know. I the water's coming from the Arctic, yes. apparently, here in Georgia. It is coming from Mexico in the Arctic. So, anyway, I, um, I wanted to do a show about misery. Because, whoo! <laughs> Misery's so fun and hilarious, right? Yeah. You've been miserable for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? I just look that way. No. Oh. I just play with play a Well, I know I spent no, a yeah, lot of time absolutely. miserable. Yeah. Yes. And you're going through some miserable stuff right now. Yeah. You know, and it's hard when you get miserable to recalibrate yourself and put a and get back to where you were before and assess the misery for what it is like you know like like shit can happen stuff can happen you know like let's say somebody very close to you dies that's a terrible thing and that's a very good reason to feel grief and misery to feel miserable you know and yeah. be, and get it and feel that and then other stuff can happen that is also um not fun it's painful but it's also not anything you didn't know. You know what I mean? It's just a reminder of stuff you already knew. And uh, we don't like to be reminded of the shitty things in our lives. No, of course not. Like the fact that you have to pee really bad right now and we're walking across a nice babbling brook, a stream that's flowing did freely. We yes, we did. Oh, I vaguely remember this. Right, oh, now I remember it. Okay, go on. Yeah. Um, yeah, we don't be, want to be reminded of that, but that's the, the, the whole point of life, right? I mean, it's, in, it's inevitable. Right. And so it's assessing that information for what it is. Is this new information? Is this something I didn't know before? No, it's not. It still hurts. It's just re, uh, it's brought right, right back to the forefront of your mind. Yeah, it's opened, it's opened up the wound, you know, and, you know, the wound wasn't totally, it hasn't been healed. It's still kind of infected and gross. You know, sometimes yeah. it's got to be opened up for the reminder that this is, this is stuff. That it still needs to be with. dealt with. Yeah. Right. It needs to be cleaned out. Yeah. Is what it is. And, uh, I think, I think having our, our minds pointed back to that, that misery of whatever's happening in our life, uh, is healthy. And it's also, but it's healthy in a way that, like, eating broccoli is healthy. It's gross. It doesn't taste good. But it's, it's good for you, right? Like, it gives you nutrients that you need to grow stronger. Well, it all depends on how you, how you deal with it, too. I mean, that's a choice. Does broccoli make you stronger? Well, I mean, not if you boil it till all the nutrients are out and soak it in butter and salt. Then it's just garbage. <laughs> but if you just eat it it's out of the garbage can that it grew out of... <laughs> 
broccoli's growing in a garbage can, right? It smells like it. Like Oscar the Grouch like is a broccoli farmer. Like the worst smell is when you throw away like leftover broccoli. Walk anyway, it's terrible. But that being said, we digress on broccoli. Um, yeah, I mean, we've got to deal with those things, but I mean, I've always said that, you know, like, oh, what does, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And that's absolutely can be true, and it, but it's a choice. <laughs> I like how you were going for that. That's absolutely true. And as you were saying it, you were like, that absolutely can be true. Well, it's, that's what I, my point, though, that it's a choice. You know, a lot of, a lot of stuff that happens to us, we can let it, you know, make us victims and bitter and it'll define us and it becomes our story and feel sorry for me and we can choose self-destructive behavior over it but um you know you have things happen you process it and you think what am I going to do with this and a lot of times you don't know right away because it hurts too bad you know you can't see past the pain it just hurts and it's but then you got to get to this point where it's like I have a choice now to get stuck in this pain or I can move forward. Well, it's, it's like my, I, I love this metaphor that I use. I'm sure it's been said before. I've never heard it besides me saying it, but it's like having a broken leg. Yeah. Like if I were to break my femur, while my femur was being broken, there would be immense pain. And that was, that would be all that I feel. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, yes, I'm going to be so strong after this. No, I'd be like, fuck my life. Mm -hmm. I would pray for anything to take the pain away. Yeah. I would not remember that because it's being broken, as soon as it heals, it'll be stronger. And uh, we do that with everything in life, though. Yeah. Like it, Things get broken. Relationships break. And our only job in any of it is to set it straight. So that it can heal. Yeah. Like I have no power over making my leg grow back together. I don't do that. That's out of my will completely, right? Right. It takes time. It takes time. And it takes you taking care of it. It takes me taking care of it. Going but to physical therapy when, you know, whatever. You know, just doing whatever you've been taught. I can to keep do. it elevated, I can do all this stuff. Yeah. But it has to be set straight. Yeah. And then I have to keep it set straight. If you don't and allow set it, it to straight, heal it'll heal wrong and you do have to re-break it right. for it to be to, for it to heal properly. So right. if we don't deal with stuff, it turns, it, it can, it, it turns into something ugly, you know, and that's gross where, bone. Well, yeah, you know, and that's like, so we have to, and then we got to go back to the drawing board and why are you this? Why are you this way? Why are you gross and ugly? <laughs> why are you this way? <laughs> and well, years of hate. You know, and that's so true. I mean, a lot of people get to that. Instead of asking, "What's wrong with you? Why are you this way?" They say, "What happened to you?" Yeah. And when you get to what happened, and how did you deal with that? Then it's like, okay, that's what I have to do. And that's really crazy because that's that's so what doing you know your especially that first first fourth and fifth step is about is like what happened how did you deal with it yeah and recognizing those patterns and uh, having your sponsor when you do your fifth step saying so you see that 
that happened, you did this. Right. That happened, you did the same thing as you did before. You know, did did either of those things work for you? No. You know? Um, right. Our response to things. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the big part, too. It's the solution of, of it, right? Because we all deal with misery. We all deal with things that suck in life. Broken relationships. Um, horrible things that we think happen to us. It's how we deal with it. And it's the solution. Um, focusing on the problem only needs to last for as long as you need to figure out that there is a problem. Right. Once you figure out that there is a problem, then you start moving into the solution. Right. And the solution is, like we said, see that it's broken, set it straight, take the actions necessary to let it heal. And, and that's where we need the guidance because we never... We don't know how to set it straight on our own because, you know, as alcoholics and addicts, we, our default is, is insanity and sickness when we're left to our own devices. Well, not only that, but we want to be in control of every aspect of everything. Right. So when I say, okay, Matt, your leg's broken, it's set straight, all I need you to do is sit in that chair, leg up, and relax. And my thought is, well, no, I need to make this leg better. I need to make it stronger. How do you make things stronger? By making, moving them, doing things with them. I need to make it heal now. It's my responsibility to heal it. When in reality, I have no power over it. Mm -hmm. Over the time it takes. Yeah. Right? Right. So letting things be, letting them heal in the time that they need. And remembering, I'm not the master of the universe. And not just the master, but as... Master of the universe. You are He-Man. <laughs> you just don't have a gay page boy. Haircut. Not yet. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, but as alcoholics and addicts, too, we want instant gratification. Right. Heal it now. Fix it now. Fix it. We're not used to dealing with feelings. We want the Harry Potter wand-waving yeah. uh, reperio. Yeah. Reperio. Right. Or like the bone regrowth stuff. Yeah, right. It's only painful for three days or whatever it is. Right. And but even this... that, we'd be like... Three days is too long. Give me some booze. You yeah. Know? We're just, it's, it's like we, we want, we're so used to not feelings of any kind. I mean, even like any, any negative feelings, even make us uncomfortable. Happy ones. We feel like, well, we could, we're already happy. We could get happier. You well, know? this is why I was talking about time. We were reading about the fourth dimension yesterday in, in the big book study. And so three dimensions. If, we're, if we want to be rocketed into the fourth dimension, it's important to know what, what are the thir three dimensions. So the three dimensions are length, width, and depth, or height, width, and depth. Mm -hmm. Th three dimensions that we measure. Mm -hmm. The fourth dimension is time. Mm -hmm. Time becomes a measurable, malleable facet of our life. So we were doing this even before we realized it. Trying to speed when, up time. Well, not, not only trying to speed it up, but yeah. we were caught in time and whenever we felt something we didn't want to feel, it felt like eternity. Frozen. Yep. We, we, we were in the we... fourth dimension, but we were in a miserable part of the fourth dimension. When we when we get to a when we get rocketed into the fourth dimension in a spiritual way, we realize, like I was talking about this morning, every moment has everything available to us. Like all the healing, all the love, all the patience. 
All Does the, that mean that your leg is going to be healed in this moment? No, but it's doing all the healing it can in this moment. Yeah, it's right on track. Yeah. And so, when the way that we pause, there are that we are in the, the miserable aspect of that fourth dimension is when we force our will. Right. When we force our will, then we're putting a hold on what the universe has in store for us. Yeah. Because we're, in essence, re-breaking our own leg. Because we don't think it's doing what it needs to be doing in the time it needs to be doing it. Right. Hold on. So getting to the place where we're no longer trying to control time. No, we are, in essence, in the only moment that ever exists. And everything that can be done is already being done, regardless, regardless of our own will. Yeah. There's so much peace in that. There should be at least. There should be a lot of peace. In it. For some people, there is, right? Uh-huh. Um, but if you if you actually understand it and you're practicing it, there is peace in it. It's just getting to that place. Yeah. And if you're miserable right now, knowing that it's okay to be miserable without having to change it, like there's a lot to learn in the misery. Right. Right. I mean, there's there's stuff in the valleys of life that we can't see from the top of the mountain. Right. You know, the valleys are where the, the water's at. It's where the stream's at. It's where the fish are. I think we all, I, I, you know, and I know that I logically know that there's growth in pain. And when I'm in pain, there's potential for growth there. But... I'm still human, and for me to be like, wow, this is such a great opportunity for me to grow. Yeah. I, you know that. I, but that's that's, that, that's it, bullshit. It's, it's, well, a, that's it's thing, a hindsight though. perspective thing. Well, no, this is the thing. It's learning how to accept pain for what it is. Like I said, when I break my leg, I'm not thinking, yes, my leg yeah. is broken, thank God. But I'm also not thinking this will always be this way. I'm just accepting it for... What it is. How? I'm just allowing myself to say, fuck! Yeah. This shit hurts. Yeah. Without being like, this is going to change my life for good or bad. It's just, this hurts right now. Yeah. Right? And so, taking it in the moment as it is and accepting it for what it is as opposed to trying to put something onto it that's not there. Right. That's what I mean. Like, there's something in the misery. There's something in the pain where we can grow and we have to learn to come to that awareness I can say that I'll never get to the place where I'm like oh this is great thank god I broke my leg and that's fine but getting to a place where you can just say ow like be present with the pain Uh that's all that's that's all that's being asked in that moment is being present with the pain yeah yeah but we want to run from the pain obviously we want well, to get away from it as well, soon as possible. Because it hurts. and it that's hurts. Yeah, exactly. Nobody wants to be present in pain. You know, well, I, do, I certainly don't. Nobody wants that. Right. But it's the matter of accepting that this is what I have to do and, and toughing it out and doing it or anesthetizing ourselves because there's the choice. Now, we learn that through uh, when we continue to anesthetize ourselves... We prolong the pain. Like I said, it it will turn. That's when the bone grows crooked. When we 
uh, it turns into something deformed and ugly. Because well, a lot of us are just like, nope, didn't break it, nope, didn't break it, nope, didn't break it, because I don't want to fucking deal with it. So we morphine or, or alcohol or whatever it is, throw shit on top of it. It's not broken. It's not broken. I can still walk fine. I don't have to stop doing anything I was doing. Yeah. Everything's fine. I'm fine. Everything's normal. Don't worry. It's all fine. You know, and in that, we like allow our leg to stay broken or to heal improperly. And so that when it does come time to realize, oh, I'm walking so fucked up. And not only is my leg broken and off kilter, but now my whole body's off off balance. I've got a bad back. Yeah. Like my neck is messed up because I can't walk straight because I broke my leg and I never dealt with it in the first place. Right. So now I have to go re-break my leg, set it straight. Go so to the that chiropractor. I go to the chiropractor. I have to go, and then I have to do this shit for life sometimes. Yeah. Because of because I didn't want to deal with the thing in the in the time that it was there. And this. And that's is, what we're trying to learn how to do now is deal with it when it hits, so it doesn't become something that throws our entire life out of whack. And I feel like that's where step work comes in. Okay, so talking about like going back to like the fourth and fifth step. The fourth and fifth step is essentially the re-breaking of the leg letting it heal properly, going to the chiropractor, getting that fixed. And then you go to, you know, the what we were talking about yesterday, that 10th step is, all right, guess what? Now I just have to go, you know, and for chiropractic adjustments once in a while. Yeah. And that's it, you know? And if I continue to do that, then I'm not going to have any problems. I don't, then guess what? I it's It starts all over again. And so we have to it's painful, you know, dealing with the stuff is painful, but there's, you know, I, I think what we didn't touch on is that, and, and, but you did yesterday when you're talking about one of the hardest times in your life when you were in college and, um, you know, that, you know, when your girlfriend broke up with you and you were just my very first girlfriend. Yeah. The only person I would ever love ever, ever. <laughs> Thanks. Anyway. The woman for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make sure she knows that. That's right. <laughs> um, but uh, you just, you, you, there's beauty in pain. You said that at the same time, as as hard as that time was, there was beauty in pain. And, you know, when I was telling a little bit of my story to you today, and I was remembering one of the hardest times of my life, and... Uh, you know, I, I was 18 and I was pregnant and I, my parents had kicked me out and I was living with one of my girlfriends and I was scared and, um, didn't know what was, what I was going to do, but there was beauty in that time too, as far as I had some wonderful friends and that surrounded me at that time. And I remember that time is so prevalent in my mind that it's, it's, it's crazy that I remember that those few months clearer than I remember huge portions of my life. Yeah. And I remember those friends. I remember, you know, especially uh, specifically Becky and Araby more than, more than so many of my other friends. Because more than anything, pain is there to remind us to slow down and realize how much amazing, how many amazing things there are in our life. That's why like, just, I use the analogy of just like, stop freaking out. Stop thinking you have to rip the cast off and just let people sign it. Enjoy the time where people, you're a little bit different, you know, you're a little bit broken, but you have people that surround you and are interested by that difference. And they want to talk to you. Like like you were saying, 
that time with me was so miserable, like psychologically broken, emotionally broken, but I'd never laughed so hard my entire life through those things because like the, we were just coming up with some of the stupidest jokes about what was going on that you had to laugh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and that's what it is. It's like you get a chance to see the humor. You get a chance to see the light and the darkness. You get a chance to see God, basically, in everything. And all the... And all the but it takes sometimes that slowing down of, I broke my leg, I'm broken, I'm vulnerable. If we never become vulnerable, we never get to see the beautiful sides of life. We just... We just constantly cover up the misery. Yep. You know? But when we become, when we deal with whatever's broken, whatever's ailing us, we become more sensitive to the light. So that in any darkness, we can always find it. You know, Mm -hmm. in any misery, we can always find the humor. Yeah. Because we have taught ourselves to become more in tune to it, become more sensitive to it, because we know that there's something else there. We're not alone in it. We're never alone in it. Right. We, we cover it up because we think we're going to be alone. Because as soon as we show that we're weak and we're able to be broken, people are going to toss us aside like a piece of trash that doesn't have any value anymore. And I'm so terrible about that. Like, I, I feel like when I feel weak and vulnerable and sad, that I'm not worthy of anybody, any human's company. Right. That they, I'm a burden. Because you know? we and only believe we are loved on conditions. Yeah. You know, we don't see our unconditional value. Which is what we're trying to get. And something that I didn't see for a long time in myself that I'm coming to understand and I want other people to be able to understand is we have an unconditional value that is worth so much more than we ever thought possible. It's like, it doesn't matter how fucked up we are. We have a value that's worth everything. I think, you know, also, and that's so true. And I, I in loving ourselves through our pain, I think that's the biggest factor. Because, like, you know, I don't... I don't have this disdain for myself all the time, but when I'm in pain, that and yeah. it, and that has a lot to do with me personally because I was taught at a very young age that crying and pain, emotional pain and crying are are a form of weakness, and uh, I, I there was that there was shame in that, and so I want to hide it. Yeah. And so learning to feel in sobriety has been. I mean, it's not easy for anybody. Don't get me wrong, but it's. And I'm not saying that I'm an exception to the rule, but I'm just saying my, the way that I have processed things that it is really hard for me to be vulnerable. And even, and, and the crazy thing is, is that I, like you said, I feel like I, I'm not, I, and I even thought this to myself this morning, I'm not fit to be around humans today. <laughs> you know, that I, I need yeah. to just go out and go isolate somewhere because I'm not, um, I don't want to bring anybody down, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then, but I, I think, okay, if she were on the other foot, if you felt, and, and you have felt that way, you felt sad and depressed, do I ever not want to be around you because you're sad and depressed? Do I ever think, screw him? You know what I mean? Right. No, it, it makes me, I hurt for you, you know, and, um, but I, and I want to, but I want more than, more than anything, I want to be there for you to, to be able to if it can help you through it in any in any way I want to be there for you right because and, there's no conditions based on the love that we feel for one another right exactly it's just I you yeah. don't have to be any certain way for me to feel the way I feel about you my love is not contingent upon you performing 
Exactly. You know, but we're in a performance-based society. The world is all about performance. And we get caught up as, as people who are on this scale from a very young age to get good grades, to sit quietly, to, um, you know, impress upon others how smart and beautiful Be and intelligent yeah. we are for our parents, to, you know, be who they want us to be, to be who we're supposed to be for society, for our school, um, for whatever, for other people's pride, for that we take on as it's supposed to be our own pride. We don't even know who we are. Yeah. And the people teaching us who we are don't know who they are. They've just been taught the same thing. So it's a, it's a terrible cycle of conditioned love that yeah. nobody has any worth because we're all underperforming. We're all, none of us can perform to the level that we've set for each other because it's a perfect, it's like it, it's trying to attain perfection. It doesn't exist, you know, but, and then the, the brokenness comes in where we all try to attain it and we just can't, we fall short all the time and we ignore that falling short. We don't talk about it. We sweep yes. it under the rug. That didn't happen. There's shame in that. Yeah. yeah. And then we just feel more shame. And so people start killing one another, shooting up schools. You know, trying to put rules on other people's lives, um, control other people's stuff, like it, because of the shame that we feel that we can't live up to a standard that was set by us, based on other people's standards of us that they didn't even understand themselves. Yeah, well, it's kind just of like what you wrote this morning. Cycle. Whether it be, um, you know, some, some you know, a, a religious deity, you know, a higher power of any kind, a higher, you know, a, or and I and I want to say. Yeah, not necessarily a higher power of any kind, but just religion. You know what I mean? Right. What they, what the standards that religion has set for us. Right. Yeah. Um, or what our parents do. I mean, you wrote about that, or what our parents, you know, want us to do, or another authority figure, or a celebrity that we might look up to, or a famous right. athlete, or whatever. That this is the standard now. We're nothing. We're not good enough unless we perform to this standard. Right. And. Um, that we have to earn, and going back to that, we have to earn something. And it's like we don't, we, we, you know. And, and, and here's the thing, too, when I wrote that. There's no, like, striving to attain a certain level of life. Um, we don't have to earn anything. And my whole point in that is striving for what? Like, you're already who you are. Why are you? Why, why am I trying to be somebody else? Why am I trying so hard? What is wrong with me so deeply that I have to become another person, that I have to strive to become something better, that I have to make more sales, that I have to make more people laugh, that I have to have more love and more money and more wealth and a bigger house and a better car and a better job and all this shit. Like what is so wrong with me fundamentally that I have to have all this stuff that I can't just be okay with me? You know, and that's the sickness of it all. And it's not it's not saying that going and trying to you know feed your family or do that kind of stuff is bad it's just when I'm trying to reach so far outside of myself because I feel so not okay with who I am yeah that's sickness well you it's a brokenness it's putting that yeah it's putting your self-worth on these outside things and feeling if you don't have the same or more outside things as the people around you. Yeah. Well, in, even, even with religion, your... right? Like talking about, um, say 10 Hail Marys and you'll be yeah. forgiven or, um, repent or 
do these things or do this thing, take communion, blah, 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 do X, Y, Z, come to church every, every Sunday, perform these rituals, perform these rituals, and then God will well, give you a shot. Yeah. Like bullshit. It's not. That if, it's, it, but, and then we're, and then we're also, and then they're also saying God loves you unconditionally. Those are all conditions. Yep. Those are all conditions. And it's so backwards and they're, but other people's heads you know, are so I far up their ass. I loved you, but you didn't say those ten Hail Marys, yeah, exactly. so eternal hell you eternal go. Eternal hell. Fuck you. Yeah. Like a, like a loving God would ever do that Like too. a loving God would say, you didn't pray. Ten times. On Thursday. You're, you're gonna going burn. to hell. For eternity. For eternity. I mean, it, it And he it. created us imperfect. He made the mess. Why are we then going to say God's like, and well, God is perfect and God is all... God is perfect. God, God made us, us imperfect. And loves us unconditionally. And he's like... And God's not going to be like, okay, so since you fucked up the other day, I'm not letting you into heaven, into eternal paradise because you fucked up. And I can be like, well, you made me imperfect. Right? What do you have to say to that? Yeah. But that's... And I'm not like arguing with God, but I'm saying that's what religion has put on people. This whole earning anything, earning salvation, earning your way in life. Yeah. Like the whole thing, you already have it. It's already there. There's no earning. Like the day you were brought to life was the day you were gifted that. Yeah. And I talked about it in, I, I re-listened to something I wrote the other day called I'm Dying or my my uh, diagnosis. I, my yeah. Dad, um, and it was about like. You were given the diagnosis of death the day you were death born. death the day you were born. But you were also given the opportunity of life. Mm-hmm. They go While you were hand. given the promise of death, like death is promised to us. Yeah. It's happening no matter what. Oh, yeah. Life, however, is a choice. I can choose to live or I can choose to die early. Like, yeah. I still I have to make that choice and that designation. That designation means that instead of just becoming a victim to my circumstances, to thinking that life is happening to me and I can't do anything about it or I have to earn my way through life I have to be something special and something unique instead of just being like I missed the whole point yeah. you know a wave is a thing that's happening in the ocean the same way that we are a thing that is happening in the universe it's all an experience and what you know and and what I'm and really grasping the, the concept of that connectedness and it's like an, and some and so going back to what we were talking about you know at the very first is just that uh, assessing the pain you know what I mean am I getting stuck here or what at what point is it time to move forward you yeah. know am I choosing to sit in my shit or am I choosing to move forward? Have I processed, I've had enough time to process this, I've, or not even just time, but I have, I processed this effectively and now it's time to move forward. Right. And it's, um, and, and it's, it's something that I'm still really learning to do. I mean, I, I have to, am I feeling sorry for myself at this point? Or because I know the things that I, actively have to do to feel better. So am I feeling sorry for myself? What can I do? And you know me, you know, I'm, I'm terrible. I get in my pain and what do I, I don't sleep. I don't eat. I don't, you know what I mean? I'm like, and right. so I make things so much worse for myself. Right. And we all do that. We all do that to some extent. And it's when we learn how to, when we figure out, 
we come to the awareness of it and we can see it and we talked about this the other day I don't want to do it when I see it because I want to feel like doing it mm-hmm. you're never going to feel like emotional doing maturity it. is when I just do it because I know it's That's good for exactly me exactly it emotional maturity which so which we are lacking I'm, I'm a toddler when I say well, I see that I can do this and feel better, but, well, I don't want to do I it I want to kick my legs feel and better. And I want to feel better than do it. Yeah. Yep. Why don't I feel better? Because Why don't I haven't I feel done like it. Acting it? our way into right thinking as opposed to, you know, it's not going to work the other way around. We have to act. We know what we have to do. Yeah. And we're not going to feel like doing it, but we have to put on our big girl and big boy underwear and do it. And I go back to the broken leg because there are times when the leg is healing and it still feels painful and broken. And in those times, and it's it's frustrating, and I can think there's no point to this. There's no point to me wearing this cast, doing these things. This fucking leg is broken. It's always going to be broken. It's always going to be painful. working, blah, blah, yeah. Yeah, I might as well just take this cast off and go run around and do whatever I want to do because it's not healing. Instead of just doing the thing you know is going to make it better. Yeah. You know, because you know it's going to... Because it just is. You're aware of it. You know it. But you're deluding yourself to thinking that it won't work because you're unhappy in the moment. Or you're feeling unpleasant in the moment. You're just... You're overthinking and overcomplicating it. And it's turning into something ugly. You know, because you're overthinking and overcomplicating it. The reality is this... And that's exciting. I had the pain to, at each moment. you know, and then when I get there, you know, and something shifted this morning. I had to come back to my. I have a core inside me that I know my truth. You know, here's my truth. That I know, I I am made of love. That's who I am. You know yeah. what I mean? And we all are. That love is the eternal answer to everything. That's the eternal. That for me, that's the eternal. That is the that's the higher power that connects us all that makes us that, you know, that is what is in the universe. That's what connects the universe and makes, it makes it tick. And it's the greatest power here. And I have, when I'm in deep pain, it's because of, it's coming from generally a place of fear of not having love, you know, does that make sense? It's just like, and so I know that, you know, you can't have fear and love. They can't, you know, they, they can't coexist together. You can't feel fear and feel love at the same time. You know, it's just, it doesn't work. And so I have to get back to a mindset of what I know is the greatest power. And love trumps fear a hundred times over. And most people, you know, they don't see that when they're in pain, but it does. Anyway, um, but yeah, getting back to that core value of just that we have to, of, of why am I doing all of this? It's like, it's, that's what push pulls, you know, pushes and pulls me forward. Yeah. And honestly, going back to the misery, that immense pain is one of our greatest drives, mm-hmm. you know, and to, to deny it is to cut our opportunities in life, is to cut our growth short. Yeah. It's there for a reason. Yep. I run away from the flame because it burns me, you know? 
Well, and especially with us being so emotionally retarded, for lack of a better term, that's the true term of, the, you know, oh. of it, though. But, you know, it's just yeah. like, but we are. We're emotionally stunted and retarded. Yeah. And so we're playing catch-up. So we're if we don't take every we'll opportunity... <laughs> if we don't take every opportunity that we have for to grow from our pain, from our emotion, you know, or to grow emotionally, we're just prolonging things. You yeah. know, we're making this, this process take longer, much longer than it has to. Right. And we're missing out on the greatest opportunity, which is that we're able to help other people. Yeah. You know, those relationships that have fallen away because of our sickness, we can continue to let them fall away and be destroyed, or we can become... Better. better for the relationships yeah. you know to help other people and I think being put on this I think one of the biggest reasons we're all here is just to be in relationship with one another because that's part of the experience right to experience each other and to show love to one another to show love to one another and if, if we're able to help somebody uh, stay in the experience one more day because something that we went through that was immensely painful that they're now going through what a gift, yeah. you know, to keep somebody in the game a little longer so they can continue to experience the only thing that they were put here for is to experience. Right. Like, because there, I don't remember anything before I got here. I don't remember, and I've ne I haven't experienced anything after. So got. all I'm going on is what's going on right now. I mean, like, you can be, you can have it, whatever religious belief you have, whatever spiritual belief you have, that's fine. That's okay, but the bottom line, at the end of the day, we should all be humanists, because that is all we have right now. Yeah. I'm and... Love one another to the best of our ability. Exactly. To help one another move forward. Hey, that's what misery is. <laughs> Let's be miserable together, shall we? Yet again, yet again. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in to uh, First Draft with Matthew Whiteside. Yeah, and that I get, that I get, it's all folks. And uh, we'll see you next time. Well, we'll... Yeah, maybe. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, like this uh, podcast. And also check out the YouTube channel, Unoweb Productions. Yeah. And subscribe there. Follow me on Twitter at MattWhiteside3. And check out my website, SeekingPurposeToday.com, for all my incredibly deep uh, cave diving experiences. Spelunking. Spelunking experiences. And all the fun things that go on there. Bye. Bye.